Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comments and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decision. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors, Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. Let us be probably not the first, but we want to wish you all a happy new year. And if you're listening to us, we want to kind of take this time to kind of recap what has happened in the previous 12 months, where it started, where the hopes and where the concerns were, what was expected, what was unexpected, and kind of talk about what we want, what we kind of see for 2022. And, um, you know, Jeremiah, I pulled out uh, some old newspapers that were dated back at the very end of December of 2020, and looking at going forward into 2021 and what the expectation is, the one thing that was not mentioned, I think that was at the top of the list right now for everybody is inflation. Mm. Nobody thought that inflation would be a big, serious issue. And again, we have some comments on that, but they had, they, they were talking about, you know, China and Bitcoin and stocks and the debt bubble and inequality and climate. I mean, there's a whole series of things they were talking about, but this is what's really interesting on the total return. Mm. It's, you know, I went back two years. I went back not only in 2020, but also 2019. They're saying, okay, the return is going to be in 2019 was going to be kind of muted. But in 2020, they were expecting, oh, maybe like a nine, 10% return. Boy, did that turn out mm. different, huh? It's interesting how wrong people are. <laughs> and we, we, we talk about this a lot of not trying to predict, right? I mean, right. because, you know, what's the famous quote? It, it's hard to predict, especially about the future. You know, that, uh, that's Yogi Berra. Yeah, right, Yogi right? Berra, yeah. Um, <laughs> And we, we try and stay away from that, especially in, in investing and the economy and all those items. Like it, it is just so difficult to, to put a flag in the sand. And there's so many talking heads that want to do that. They want to say, this is where we're going to be. But, but with that, you know, I think it's just such a testament of you know, all, all that, that list of things you mentioned. Those are all things that we dealt with last year, right. things that came on. But, but inflation was not on that list. And that's you know, the biggest item that people are talking about you know, today and this, this week. They're, they're concerned about inflation. So yeah, it, they, didn't, they didn't think about the supply chain issues and all. I mean, basically, the reason for that occurring is because there was a high demand for products. I mean, yeah. people were out buying. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they went and manufacturers and suppliers are going, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We don't have it back in the warehouse. We got to go get it. And all kinds of the other issues that ripple down after. Yeah. That. One of the interesting things is we look back, I guess, first of all, in that this the last year was amazing you know as, as far as the returns the, the, the strides we made in, in in no you know social arena or climate arena are, are we done right. <laughs> but things have things have moved you know things have moved forward and the economy has moved forward and the returns have moved forward um and it, it you know it wasn't i don't think it will go down as anyone's most enjoyable year but it, yeah, it was a hard I mean, year for many people but it was a year that got us forward and i i see a lot of people looking at 2022 and seeing hope and seeing changes you know there's still omicron there's still COVID is still out there. You know, there's, there's supply chain issues are still in place. Right. Inflation like may be worse before it gets better. We'll see. You know, there's plenty to be concerned about. However, I, I people I'm talking to and people are looking at there's there's a lot of hope of uh, we're moving forward. You know, kind of the resiliency showing itself. But 
I guess I want to jump in a little bit of talking about some of the things that we really worried about or complained about <laughs> recently right, right. and that they may not be as justified, you know, as, as we have. So one being, um, I would just talk about inflation, you know, since we're, since we're on the topic, um, you know, everyone has been concerned about and worried it about seems inflation. To be at the top of the headlines. They're talking about, they kind of, the, the talking heads kind of keep putting that in your face. Yeah. That we got inflation. Right. And the doom and gloom to say yeah. we are doomed because yeah. we have inflation. But one of the one articles we were reading, you know, someone looked at and said, well, well did, you, did you get a pay raise? Did your, did your home values go up? Did your stock portfolio go up? How your, did your business do okay? And basically the, the comment saying, you know, even though it was a pain in the wallet and you go to the grocery store, the pump, and it feels painful, there are people who have, you know, extreme hurting. But for most everybody out there, their house values went up if they own a house. They likely got a pay raise. Yeah, they, so this is not the kind of inflation that kills growth. Right. It, it does not kill opportunity. And I still go back and the way that the headlines um, publish inflation, we have to back it away and go to trimmed inflation is what the Federal Reserve looks at. And trimmed inflation for the year, for last year, is a little over like, like less than 4.5% for the year. Yeah. Now, that's higher than what they wanted. But it's not like what I experienced back in the late 70s and the early 80s. I mean, you had inflation that was extraordinary. Mortgage rates went up to 14%. You know, we're seeing the exact opposite. Mortgage rates are barely over 3%. Right. Right. And, and part of the, the spending, when you talk about the scarcity of the inflation, you know, part of this is coming because people feel that their houses are worth more and that their portfolios right. are worth more. And they did get a raise or they got government stimulus. And so it's, it's not just entirely the that we're running out of stuff or that right. the world is doomed or that inflation is this um, falsely created um, item from the government. Like right. it is because there's people that feel liberal to spend. Yeah. yeah and, and they feel that way because they feel good about their personal finances. Yeah. So when it comes, when it comes to looking at the overall issues, I mean, one of the concerns that we have for our clients under the retirement side is will inflation erode their spending power? Mm. They're on a fixed, either on a fixed or a very, moderate pension and they're dependent upon that. And if you're in your mid 60s to late 60s going forward, you know, your life expectancy is another 25, 30 yeah. years. And will inflation have an impact on your spending? I mean, yeah. that's that's a big part. Yeah, of and, and there's, I guess in my mind, there's there's two main questions though. The first being, is this inflation going to be persistent? Right. Not just a year or two. I mean, we think of months and months, but you know, to have two years at four percent is not a huge problem. To have 10 years at four percent plus, that right. becomes meaningful. Um, so that's the first one is, will this persist? And we don't know yet. You know, the Fed is going to take all sorts of actions to keep the economy buzzing, not too hot, not too cold. You know, that's kind of what they're trying to do. But the second is, is kind of a, not say a call to action, but if, if someone is on a fixed income and they don't have any other assets, this could be a problem. You know, yeah. the, the inflation could be a problem. If they have assets and they're invested in the market and they're being prudent, um, the idea being that those investments in the market should keep up or exceed those inflationary pressures and concerns. So as long as there's, there's clients, especially a lot of our clients that have a diversity of, of income options, multiple sources of, of either growth or income that kind of come together. That's right. And to, to paint a picture, because you know, it doesn't have to be just the pension has to survive. And, you know, to, to, so we have, I have one client that uh, many have done this, but one that, that specifically said, I'm concerned about future inflation. I have, I am on a, a pension. So let's take this savings that was just sitting there. Let's get it working. I don't want to touch it for 10 years. But 10 years from now, I want that purchasing power of that savings to make up for any inflation that might happen. And, and it's, it's a wise move to, to right. take action now to say, if, if we do run into this extreme inflation, I want my growth accounts, my investment accounts to be there to sustain me. Right. I think that you know, the concern is, is, are we heading in towards stagflation? And 
our our analysts that we deal with on a constant basis really don't believe that we're heading in towards stagflation. We think that this will be something that will work its way out possibly by the second half of next year. But, you know, prime example is kind of funny because a prime example, I have a client who had an automobile accident, had almost a brand new car, was less than a year old, and, and the insurance company totaled it. The insurance company paid him more than what he paid for the car, in fact, mm. substantially more wow. than what he paid for the car. So he could have gone back to the dealership and bought a car at a premium. But he said, no, he went back to the dealership. And he says, what if I just order the car and I get the manufacturer's sticker price on that car? But he can't take delivery for about four to five months. Well, the price differential between mm. what he is going to pay for the car four or five months from now when he replaces it. And what the insurance company gave to him with the settlement was almost 30%. Hmm. In other words, he got a settlement that was 30% higher. Mm -hmm. So again, he kind of he kind of smiled at me. He says, I I I it turned out really well for me. Yeah. And I said, Yes, I think that's great. But it's also reflective that manufacturers are bringing that car in at the normal price later on. They're not, yeah. they're not trying to gouge pricing that right now. Supply and demand, yeah. it'll start to wane as it goes down. Yeah, it's just that short-term shortage. If right. you want it now, it might be more expensive. Yeah. I guess one of the other items that the article we read about was, was kind of the, the the gripes that we've had was the shortages. And it was a good comment. They said, one, is is your is your life really you know struggling right now? Because I mean, the store shelves may be a little less, but I didn't realize they said that this article was saying that the Southern California ports have done 20% more than in prior years. So as much as we say there's a shortage and there's these all these ships off that, you know, are these people being lazy or what's going on? Well, the answer is no. The, the article is saying, did, did you do 20% more work this year? <laughs> and then they say, no, they're, they're, they're moving stuff. It, yeah. it was actually blaming more the, the excess demand that people didn't purchase previously, you know, in 2020. And then they kind of opened up and people, like we talked before, with they have funds. They have either yeah. government funds or just good portfolio gains. And they're buying stuff. They're buying TVs. They're buying cars. They're buying all these things. The toilet and, paper syndrome. I mean, you know, yeah. if you if you empty out the to out off the shelves, okay, we're and there is not a toilet paper shortage, but it's artificial. And I think a lot of these. I went to the grocery store. I talked to my wife. I talked to other ladies that in preparation for Thanksgiving and Christmas, they seemed to get everything they wanted for their for the dinner. And you know, I said, was it measurably higher? Um, you know, some people said yes so in some cases, but generally speaking, they didn't have shortages. Of yeah, when turkey prices came back down, you know, right. just before Thanksgiving um, and Christmas. So all that said, I think it's it's been an interesting year um, of where we're at. And I'm very hopeful, I think, as we look forward to the future. Maybe we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about kind of the, the future stuff. Yeah, I think our second half, I think, uh, I think we'll probably strike more stress on that, what we think is going to happen. Again, you're listening to Retirement Unlimited. If you'd like to know more about us, we are fiduciaries. What I suggest you do is you go to our website, which is retirementunlimited.com, or just simply call our office. Our office number is 951-684-7011. We serve the Inland Empire. Stay tuned for our next section. We're just going to have a continued conversation. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself 
what I've learned, he can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we're going to talk about. We kind of talked about what has happened. So let's, Jeremiah, let's kind of explore what what the predictors, the yeah. probabilities, the yeah. prognosticators, what are they talking about for 2022? It is so interesting. Oh, my of, goodness. Uh, you know, we, we, we talked before, we, we stay away from the crystal ball idea. We stay away from trying to, to predict. But it is good to have a, you know, setting expectations. You know, 2021 was a fantastic year in the end when you look back at the return. And the expectations were much less than what the actual results yes, were. Yes, it, it outperformed what we thought it would be. For sure. And some of the numbers, just so people know, this as of, you know, the market's not done with the year yet, but as of a couple of days ago, the S&P had returned 24.3%. Yeah, that's a that's a massive double digit return. Well, considering that they were expecting maybe ten percent, yeah. So that's over double what their expectations yeah. were. And to give a little bit of color to that, the you know that that's the S and P. The Nasdaq was at seventeen percent. The Russell two thousand, which is generally the smaller companies, was at nine percent. I have an interesting one here. Gold. Um, you know, we have so many clients who are always interested in gold for the year. It had a negative five point two percent. Yeah, yeah. Again, we I, we still get a lot. I I, have a, I got an email from a client that received an inheritance. And he says. And how, how should we invest it? And he ended his conversation with, and gold, and he had a, an exclamation point. So I'll be talking with him later yeah. uh, this week and yeah. talking about that. But we're not, we're not, a, big, we're not a big fan of gold yeah. right now. And it has, has its purposes, it has right. some reasons, but I mean, you look at the difference, a negative five for 2021 compared to a positive 24 for the S&P, that's you know, nearly a 30% swing of yeah, I mean, what it could have been. If you would have taken the panic of 2020, and sold everything and put everything into gold, not only would have you lost about 30%, but then you would have lost another probably 10% mm-hmm. over that period of time. I mean, it it would have it would have hit you really, really hard. Yeah, it's been really tough. And the last one, I just I just grabbed a few of these for a list, but Bitcoin uh, was at 65.9% for the year with all the roller coaster that it was this year. Uh, it's just interesting that it, it leveled out to be 65, which is, you know, still you know, we've talked before, you know, somewhat speculative. Um, it hasn't quite found its own yet. But it, it's it's volatile and it's moving, but that's what it was for the year. So as we look forward, kind of having that 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 rearview mirror in in mind, you know, some of the talking heads kind of looked at what they might think it would would be for the future. And uh, the, the S and P, they they put some numbers. One said nine percent, nine point two. That was the, right. the by far the highest. They said you know we think of maybe a nine percent return. Another was at negative five, negative five percent, which is a pretty big <laughs> pretty big swing from there. The other one was a negative one point four. So. So in essence, you know, a lot of people, other articles I've read, you know, people talk about six. They talk but about no, seven. Nobody's predicting a collapse of the economy. Yeah. And we're we're faced basically two factors here, and that is that the stimulus to households has ended, and the what the government is buying, what they're buying in debt and putting into the liquidity is going to end next year. Mm-hmm. And so those two factors, uh, that's what everybody's kind of talking about. Yep. Those two factors are going to have an effect on the economy. Yep. And and how and when and how much. It, it's funny, we we joke to some extent that because of how hard it is to predict, we know that it's not going to be any of these. <laughs> you know, right. A little tongue in cheek of, you know, of saying whatever people are guessing, we know it's not going to be that because it's so hard right. to guess. But but the reality being, you know, no one is, is foreseeing a um, another double digit year. You know, 2020 right. and 2021 ended up being both double digit years. Um, that they're 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 tamping down their expectations, but to your comment on the flip side, they're also not viewing this as a 
um, a crash. You know, right. It might be a reduction. So values are high, but they don't expect real estate. I mean, what would cause real estate values to go down would be, first of all, recession. In other words, you'd have to have a rise in unemployment. Well, we don't. We have we have a surplus of jobs mm-hmm. and companies that are looking for employees. That's not on the near horizon. Uh, the coronavirus with the Omicron, that could potentially, if there was another variant that was even more severe, that could cause. But most, most uh, you know, the thing people we're talking to and the things we're reading, that doesn't seem like that's going to be an event that will occur. Interest rates would have to rise substantially from where they are right now. That means mortgage rates would go from three, three and a quarter up to what? I don't know, 6% yeah. to cause a correction in the real estate market. None, nobody's talking about that. Yeah. And now that it won't happen, you know, just like they know it's about inflation last year, you know, it's been this year, but um, I, we see so much hope of, of the economy in general looks strong. You know, people are getting back to work. Um, COVID concerns of a, you know, the shutdown of that type right. of stuff seem to be waning. Um, we're feeling a lot of that right now with Omicron. Um, the flights were canceled all through Christmas. Um, you know, we're struggling with that at the moment, but you know, some of the countries that first had Omicron come through are are recovering, like South Africa. Yeah, they're yeah on the upswing, and and if that's any indicator of where we'll be, you know, they may be two three weeks ahead of us. And a report came out recently that even though there's a wider spread of the coronavirus Omicron, the number of hospital stays is still staying diminished. In yep. other words, it's not having the same effect as we had with COVID initially. Right, which still makes it a, a concern and a pandemic and all these other items. But um, you know, to take extreme hospitalization or death off the table makes it closer to a flu. So we're not there yet, of course, but. Um, it, it's hopeful, you know, that, yeah. that, that maybe we're moving in the right direction. Um, so the other item that I think as we look forward is, is I could probably be looking back, but we read a really interesting article on just the resiliency of the, of the economy um, from where we are now, all the way, all the way back. Um, you know, it, the article talked about uh, autos, you know, automobiles and cars right. used to be, you know, only the rich had them and they were very dangerous. And then this, this odd thing, and then Henry Ford came out with the assembly line and made it um, an, an everyman type vehicle and the roads were built. And you talk about the, the boom and how that's changed our economy, the productivity change, and, and just as it, as it walked through. So, you know, what was a luxurious moment turned into um, a big step forward for our economy. Similarly, you think of computers, you think of other things that have been big step forward. I mean, we're on the precipice now of medical delivery, you know, huge steps Pharmaceutical forward. Pharmaceutical breakthroughs have been absolutely astonishing. And again, I think the, the big headline is going to be technology will still have an impact upon our future. And it's yeah. still going to be the disruptor for a yeah. lot of businesses. Yeah. I mean, self-driving cars are, are closer now than they've ever been. Right. Um, you know, I, I even think of the, the virtual reality. I wonder how many people out there, you know, their kids or grandkids got a set of VR goggles. You know, yeah. they were, you know, a, a real uh, niche thing that people would do in computer gaming, but they're becoming more and more prevalent. Wait, you know, this last year I went to an art exhibit at one point and in part of the art exhibit, they had a virtual reality experience and it was, it was fantastic. And you kind of had you virtually walk through all this stuff. And um, it, it is kind of amazing where we're at. And um, actually my dad made a comment a while ago that there's no better time to be um, a bit older <laughs> than right. now, you know, the amount of peace we have in the world, the amount of medical delivery, the amount of, you know, either Uber or self-driving cars. Um, you know, it, it is amazing where we're at in the world. And I think we forget that sometimes in the midst of all of this stuff that's going on. And it comes down, I mean, the best way to protect yourself, again, I always go back to it, is that you don't try to lock and load, so to speak. You have to be tactical and you have to constantly be aware of the moving forces. I always love when you listen to people on the television or radio, they talk about the market. It makes it sound like there's another person in the next room. Mm. 
that's making these decisions. But the market is made up of a lot of forces. There's a lot of things. And it's what a lot of people have tried their whole life trying to understand the variable aspects that are going to have an effect on the economy. Again, I come back down to is that I believe in the innovation and the ability of people to uh, manage their life through whatever the world provides to them. And if you give them a free enterprise system, they're going to figure out how to get through it and get on the other side of it. Because mm. everybody wants to improve their life. They don't want to just stay downtrodden and beaten down. That's where the conversation about a capitalism versus socialism, it, it parts with me because socialism doesn't provide innovation. It doesn't improve people's lives. It spreads poverty uniformly across the board, whereas capitalism has its, has its detractors and has some issues to it. But by and large, without it, you would not see the innovation worldwide. And, and we've seen that through, look at the number of entrepreneurships that mm. were created post-COVID, right? People stepped out and created their own company. You're right. There's so many people that have, of all generations even, that have, that have stepped out and made their own uh, made their own way. This have an idea. And you know, part of that is, you know, the social media and technology allows so much more right. um, access to these major markets and, you know, shipping resources and, you know, labor resources. I mean, all that is pretty fantastic. But a comment with that also is that millennials, you know, for as, for as you know, uh, many negative things you hear about them at times, right. they're saying it, they're one of the more entrepreneurial um, groups. Um, and, this, and this generation is starting businesses at a clip that, that has not been seen um, somewhat previously. So, I mean, I think it's all generations at the moment, but they're taking this opportunity to say, you know, my, my world's disrupted, you know, because of COVID and, you know, it, because of government stimulus or otherwise, they're they're generally okay to, to walk away from what was their job and try something new. And we'll, we'll see business failures, failures as we always do. However, I, I think we're going to see a lot of successes of people doing things in a new way. Yeah. I, again, I'm generally very positive and upbeat about the future. You know, I'm older than you. Um, and I think that where I stand in my timeline, I look at the things that are the potential. I look at pharmaceuticals, healthcare. I mm. look at, you know, um, you know, if you go to all the aspects that would have involved me, like transportation and comfort of my home and travel and all those things, they're so much better than what they were 25, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. And looking forward, I see positives. Mm -hmm. Now, neither one of us are Pollyanna. We don't think mm -hmm. the world is just going to be absolutely perfect. and It's a lollipop outcome. But I think at the same point in time, we have to be wise. And as we look at it, and that's where it comes down to being selective of companies, selective of, yeah. you know, we're, we're concerned about rising interest rates that has a dramatic impact upon bonds and fixed income. How do you, how do we navigate? This is something we work with a lot in trying to, to balance clients' portfolios and expectations so that they can receive what we refer to as pension-like income off their portfolios. Yeah. You know, one of the things we talk about a lot internally is it's just picking the right resources, right. the right assets for folks. And you know, this, this next year with kind of these muted expectations, um, it, if, if you're just buying you know, the, the index, the S&P index, or you're just buying these, these big things, you're going to have the good, the bad, and the ugly all washed right. in. And right. I think a big tactical aspect that we try and do is to, to pull out the specifics to say, okay, what area of the economy, what what sector of the economy is going to be doing better versus this? And you know, like I said, we don't have a, a magic wand, but there are going to be winners and losers this next year for sure. Um, and we want to make sure that we're in that 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 stream, you know, picking up with with the winning companies, the ones that can really grow and and develop this next year. You know, as wealth managers, we also want to be very aware of you know tax. We want to be aware of of congressional you know regulatory issues and things like that. But if you'd like, if you're listening to us, you know, first of all, we want to wish you a happy new year. But if you'd like to know more and talk and have conversation with either myself or Jeremiah, 
I encourage you to give us a call, 951-684-7011. We'd like to be able to hear your story and help you have a successful future. Happy New Year. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. The information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor.